y'all should thank him every once in a while. Just say thank you for all that you do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to continue tonight along the along our flow. Amen. Have, have y'all ever been shopping? Okay. I know y'all have been shopping. That was a silly question. Have y'all ever been shopping and noticed some differences in how the different store mirrors make you look? Okay. And he says yes, and, but I know every single lady in here knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Because I don't know who manufactures these mirrors. Uh, but some of them are really smart and some of them are not. Because those mirrors, those, they can make a break or sale. Isn't that right? <laughs> I'm right. I know I'm right about this. Because you could put on the same outfit and go into look at a good mirror and go, oh, I look, that looks good. Or you can go and look in the mirror and go, I think I got like several inches shorter, but it went that way. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? <clears throat> yeah, because, okay, so it's important. It's, you know, yeah, those mirrors can make or break it. Because, like, I'm not buying anything in this store. Because <laughs> you're getting get some different mirrors. <laughs> right? So if you are struggling with how you view yourself, right, or, or your worth, or you just don't like yourself, like, you're looking in the wrong mirror. <laughs> you're, you're looking in the wrong mirror. So we know, those who have been here, we've been talking about how, loving yourself. And, and that's not, not in a selfish kind of a way, but just having a healthy love for yourself, like you're supposed to love other people. Okay, you're not an exception to that. So, um, and so we need to understand some things. I'm funny, aren't I? You're laughing. <laughs> it's like, I've got, I've got Brittany and stitches over here. I don't know what it is. She's thinking about those mirrors. Okay. But here's the deal is we live with ourselves, don't we? We live with ourselves every single day and we are aware of everything that we do wrong and all of our shortcomings. And we are our own worst critic. We're like probably above the devil. I mean, you know what I mean? He, he, we probably think worse of ourselves. I don't know. But because have you noticed how less patient or even less forgiving you are of yourself than you are with other people? Like, why can't you get it together? When do you ever, these are thoughts, because I've had these thoughts, like, so I know you have them. They may not be your, I mean, the devil may help you with these thoughts, but these are common thoughts, like, that you may not ever say to other people out loud, but, like, when are you ever going to get it right? How many times are you going to fail at this? How many times are you going to break your commitment to yourself? How many times are you going to stumble on that? How many times are you going to lose your temper? How many times are you, you know, when are you ever going to get it right? Look at you. You just ate that second donut. I thought you were going to lose weight. 
You're a failure. You're, you're never going to do it. Okay, these are, and it, those are small examples. There's bigger areas that we have failed in life uh, that the devil's going to help us be reminded of. So, and it's like there's this arm wrestling match going on between our spirit and our flesh and soul. And let's look at that. Um, because this struggle's real. Let's, let's look at it in Romans, okay? Turn over to Romans 7. Yeah, those people would make a lot more money if they got the bright mirrors. Okay, Romans 7, and we're going to read a lot of scriptures, when, and we may just, like Chris says, we may just unplug, you know, or, you know, just unplug, and once we get to a certain point, I may not finish everything, we'll just unplug, unhook, and come back some other time, okay? So, um, but we're going to read a lot of scripture. Romans 7, verse 15, it says, Paul says here, he says, what am I doing? I don't, even, I don't even understand what I'm doing here. I'm going to put my own paraphrasing in it. So. He says, for what I want to do, that I don't do. But what I hate, that's what I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it's good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will, so like I want to do right, that's present in me. In me, deep inside, my spirit, inside with me. I want to do right. But how to do that is, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> that's what he's saying here. <laughs> he's like, I want to do right, but I don't know how to do it, you know. For the good that I want to do, I do not do. But the evil... I don't want to do, that's what I practice. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who do it. Basically, he's saying here, like, I want to do the right thing, but it seems like the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing, you know? <clears throat> and so it's like this constant, because your spirit, who is, that's, you know, if you're born again, your spirit wants to do the right thing. Deep inside, even like your mind and your flesh, if, if they're way overpowering your spirit, may try to tell you, you don't want to do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Like praying. Like you're sitting there, you know you should pray. Like you're feeling the drawing to pray. But your flesh, you know, doesn't want to do that. And it doesn't want to do it so much that it will try to convince your spirit, like, you really don't want to, like, you're a whore, look at you, you're supposed to be a Christian, and you really don't want to, I mean, like, you telling people you want to pray, but you really don't, uh, these are the kinds of things, you know what I'm saying, like, so there's that war going on, praise God, we're talking about loving yourself, well, I haven't gotten off topic here, Okay, so we know there's that, con that battle going on. But let's go over to Galatians 2 now. 
The thing about that struggle, that battle is, is if you build up your spirit to be more dominant by spending time in the word, right, and spending time in fellowship with God, then your fl- it's not that you're going to get rid of your flesh or your soul or your thoughts, but they're going to become more in, sub- in subjection to your spirit, okay? It's whatever you feed, and the Bible talks all about this, you know, about if you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap of the spirit. You're going to reap life. If you sow to your flesh, that's what you're going to get corruption, you know, so it's what are you sowing into? That's going to be the most dominant. Okay, so Galatians 2. Y'all are there. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not going to try to rush through it. If I, if we got to stop, we got to stop. Okay. So Galatians 2, starting verse 11. Because there's good news here. Because we're learning to love ourselves, right? Is we got to look through the right mirror. Got to look through the right mirror. Okay, Galatians 2, verse 11 says, now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood, so Paul, this is Paul talking, I withstood him to his face because he was to be, he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles, but when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. So, <coughs> pardon me, they were just having a disagreement over some doctrinal issues, Peter and Paul. Okay, skip down to verse 15. Because it, it was talking about the circumcision and Jews and Gentiles and what's why, you know, to be circumcised, not to be circumcised. They were disagreeing about that, about whether to make that, put that on the Gentiles. Um, verse 15, it says, We who are Jews by nature and not... Um, sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Praise God. Skip down to verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Listen, it is God who justifies Amen. Remember that, that war that I want to do right, but I don't do it. And then I do, you know, all that going on. Listen, we can never earn our right, our right standing with God. We cannot earn, we cannot do enough good to earn right standing with God. Amen. That was the whole purpose of the law, was to prove to people it's impossible for a man with that sin nature, it's impossible to fulfill the law in the flesh. Amen. So that, that I've messed up, I've done all this, blah, 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 blah. It's, you don't, you cannot just, you are not qualified to justify yourself. Amen. You are not qualified. 
right standing with God, or basically being on good terms with God, it is a gift that's to be received by you, okay? Galatians 2.21, it says, I don't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for me. Um, if we are trying to earn righteousness through good works, then what's, Christ died in vain. What he did it was in vain. Uh, amen. Um, God does expect us to have good works. But that's not what earns us our position in Christ. We're not. There's other places in the Bible that says, should we take advantage of the grace of God? Should we just go on sinning, taking advantage of the grace of God? No. The answer to that's no. But good works is not what makes us right with God. It is God who justifies. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So, say, I am justified in Christ. Yes. I'm right with God in him. Amen. I'm right with God. I am justified by him. Amen. So what, what do I look like in God's looking? That's my, the title of my message is God's looking glass. I'm going to be old fashioned. You know, the looking glass. It's like, it's a mirror basically. You know, it's like the, why can't they just say mirror that we just come up with that term, I guess. It used to be called a looking glass. Amen? So God's looking glass. We want to look in that. That's the best mirror to look in. <laughs> that one, that's going to make you look good. <laughs> that mirror makes you look good. Praise God. So what do I look like in God's looking glass? Turn over to Romans 8. <coughs> Praise God. You know how I look? I look redeemed and not condemned. That's how I look. I look redeemed and not condemned. And this is good news. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now. When? Now. now. Like right now, like yesterday, today, and now, and tomorrow. Right now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. And there is therefore now no condemnation. So anything that puts you down, belittles you, it says you need to suffer a little while for those things that you've done, those mistakes you've made, that condemns you, any thought like that, it's either of you or the devil. Because this right here, God is not condemning you. God is not condemning you. Now, people condemn themselves all the time. We do, don't we? We condemn ourselves. And what is condemnation? It is condemnation. It's basically you're, you're punishing yourself to, you're, it's a punishment. Like you're sentencing yourself. What's wrong with that? What is wrong with condemnation? Condemnation. Um, it's a it's a sentence. It's a to punish. Well, what's wrong with that is condemned people. They're not productive people, are they? 
Yeah, just think about it on the world. If someone's in prison, they, they, can't, they can't do anything. They're in prison. They're in chains. That's what condemnation does. Amen? If, so if you are in, in um, prison of condemnation, you're not going to be very effective as a child of God. And the, Satan knows this. So he's going to help make sure that he's, he's going to help you. He's called the accuser of the brethren. So he's going to help you get into condemnation. You know, as long as you're going to put up with it. And that's with anything with the devil. As long as you put up with his movement in your life, he's going to do it. <laughs> you know, he's going to do it, you know. As long as those deer come over and eat your garden, and as long as you let them, they're going to keep doing it. Well, the devil, uh, he's going to keep suggesting. He's going to keep accusing you of past mistakes as long as you let him. People in prison cannot do anything. You know, it's, it's hard to come boldly. We're called to come boldly before the throne of grace. It is hard to do that when we're condemning ourselves, when we feel condemned, because we feel like we are deserving of punishment, and we retreat from the throne of grace. We don't come boldly. We retreat. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, condemn people, they're dragging around chains. And those chains are going to hinder progress in your life. Amen. I, I think there's a, people sometimes don't understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Because the Holy Spirit will convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin. And that is, conviction is like, you know, you feel that. What's the word? that, yeah, that grieved, like the Holy Spirit feels, you know, you feel grieved. You feel like, man, I know I did wrong. I know I missed it there. You feel that. That's conviction. And conviction will lead you to repent. Conviction will lead you to God to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent of that. And repentance means you're going to change directions. I'm going to just, I'm going to say I'm sorry, but I'm also not going to purposefully just be, go off and do it again, you know. I'm going to change directions. That's conviction. Amen. So that's the difference. Conviction leads you to repent. Uh, condemnation sentences you to punishment. And so, but you know what? Your sentence has already been paid. <laughs> Jesus already paid for your punishment. So there's no need. That's why it says there's therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. That's because Jesus already paid the punishment. There's no need for you to pay the punishment. Jesus already did it. So turn with me to Ephesians 1, 7. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Ephesians 1, 7. Praise the Lord. Remember, I'm, re I'm redeemed. I'm not condemned. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him, so in Christ, 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Isn't that so good? It's like he is, he's just freely given it to us for those who would accept it. Forgiveness of sins, redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, which is really the only acceptable sacrifice. Amen. Praise God. Redemption means that Jesus paid for the punishment of your sin with the shedding of his blood. So we need to reject thoughts of condemnation with the word of God. That's how we do it. We don't reject thoughts of condemnation with other thoughts. Another thought's not going to get rid of a wrong thought. Our words, speaking the word of God, is what gets rid of those thoughts. Amen. And so we're going to answer it with a word. When thoughts of condemnation come, you're going to look over here, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, no, I've been redeemed through his blood. He's forgiven me of my sin. Amen. Praise God. So say, I am redeemed in Christ, not condemned. Praise the Lord. This is who you are. This is what you look like in God's mirror. Amen. Look over at 1 Peter 2. First Peter 2, 9. You know, I look in that mirror, in God's looking glass, I look chosen and accepted, not rejected. <clears throat> Y'all see this? <laughs> that was our camp theme, <clears throat> was chosen. Because we want our young people, we want our youth, our the next generation those that are going to carry on the baton should the Lord tarry, right? We want them to know that they were chosen. They have been singled out by God, amen, and valuable, valuable to his plan, amen? You don't, you don't become valuable to the plan of God when you hit 18. <laughs> You become valuable to the plan of God in your mother's womb. Okay? He's got a plan, and you're in it <laughs> from the start. Amen? It's up to us and our parents, to, as, as parents, to cooperate, amen, with that plan. But... You're chosen from the start. You're not just chosen when you become an adult. And that's what we wanted our youth to know. Amen. They're important right now. They're important right now. Amen. And you are important right now. Amen. First Peter 2, 9. And it looks good with this outfit. <laughs> okay. First Peter 2, 9. It says, that's not right. You guys, that's not right. Did I mean two? Second Peter two? Huh? 
was just there. Unless I'm sorry, I'm. I don't know what I was looking at before. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I literally, I was thinking, I mean, that's 1 Peter 2.9. That's not right. That's not right. That's right. I don't know what I was looking at before, but now 1 Peter 2.9 says the right thing. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise the Lord. God chose you. Who greater can choose you? (laughs) Who greater can choose you? Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, rejection, it does hurt. Rejection hurts. Because we care what people, especially those close to us, we care how they feel about us. And so it does hurt to be rejected. But who greater, who greater to be chosen from than God? Amen. So, and sometimes in this world when we are rejected... Some people can take that as a sign of their value, right? Um, Or that maybe something's wrong with them, that someone has rejected them. But, look, we we can't control other people. We can't control other people. Um, People may disappoint you, and people may reject you, and if you have not faced rejection, you will. <laughs> Even if, in, I, I don't know who said it at the, at the camp, but not all rejection's bad. Maybe you got turned down for a job, okay? And maybe there was somebody else qualified, more qualified. And, you know, maybe you were turned down for something, and you ended up with something better. Um. <clears throat> y'all are gonna laugh so I was I've been rejected and I'm, I'm telling these funny stories because I know you all can relate to these things I know there's more serious things than what I'm about to tell you okay I know there are but so when I was going into ninth grade I tried out for the pom-pom squad <laughs> can y'all imagine that those people that even slightly know me, or what you can imagine about me, does that sound like something I would do? <laughs> no, but I thought it was something I should do because all the popular people were like cheerleaders and pom-pom people, so I thought I should do that, and so I did. I tried it. <laughs> I like, yeah, I did a cram practice session over the weekend. <laughs> And I went and tried out in front of a large, you know, basketball, uh, whatever you call it, stadium. stadium. There, yeah, with people in it. <laughs> well, I didn't get on. I didn't get on the pom pom. I was. They'd rejected me. There were other people more qualified. Okay, 
But, you know, after that, because I was like, man, that's what I was going to do with my high school career. After that, my friend, well, finally, okay, do you want to try out for the show choir then? You know? And so I'm like, well, I guess, you know. And I did, and I ended up doing that. I ended up going into, you know, staying with music. I was already part of me. Anyway, my point is, like, it was not a bad rejection that I didn't get on the pom-pom squad, you know. I ended up doing something more suited to me. But I understand, there are bigger rejections in life than that. And I know that you all have faced that. And I face those kinds of rejections, too, when people that you once trusted turn their back on you and turn into somebody you didn't think they were, you know. So there are bigger rejections in life, but God chose you. He's not rejecting you. Amen. And he has put things in you that are valuable. God, God chose you for his team. And he's put things in you that are valuable to the team. Amen. You were chosen for God's team. Praise God. And that's, that's what matters. Um, look over, look at Ephesians. See, y'all are getting a, a Bible chore here. I bet Ephesians 1, 4 says what it, I think it's going to say. <laughs> I seriously, I don't even know what I was looking at a minute ago. Ephesians 1, 4. It says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The Amplified, I like, it says, even as in his love, he chose us. He actually picked us out for himself as his own. He said, he saw something good, and he go, that's mine. That's my, I, cl- I claim that right there. He did that in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. Can you imagine that we could be blameless in his sight? Even above reproach before him in love. How how could we be blameless in his sight? Right there. Sorry, I did that. I that's I meant that. <laughs> okay. Look, if we are hidden in Christ, God looks at us through the shed blood of Jesus. He he doesn't see you. Remember you you died. You were crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ in you. I mean, that's how we can be blameless in his sight. God brought us out of darkness into his light. Why would we try to put ourselves back in darkness? Why would we? He, he redeemed. He brought us out of condemnation. Why would we want to go back into it? Amen. Say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is for you. He is not against you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to unplug from right here. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be funny, guys. Praise the Lord. I have an assignment for you, though, because we're learning who we are in Christ. We're starting to look at ourselves through God's mirror. Amen. Not that yucky one from the store. Okay? 
I want you, you need to read Romans. Because I did a lot of reading in Romans. But when I was preparing, I mean, there was all kinds of Romans things. I just, just didn't make the, just didn't make my notes here. But I'm like, because I'm like, well, I could read this. and this. Is. Basically, the entire book of Romans talks about how, look, there's nothing you can do. He did it all. He did it all. The the entire book of Romans. So I want you to read Romans. And you can do that. You can do that. Read Romans and then read Ephesians. Because God willing, if we were to continue talking about God's looking glass at any time, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing how he views you and renewing your mind on that renewing your mind with not how you you think about yourself or what other people think about you but what the what does the bible say about you that is where your victory is amen so romans read romans read ephesians and anytime you're studying your bible anytime you see something that says in him or through him or by him if you are in him that is you The Bible tells us we are seated with him in heavenly places, far above, far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion. All things are under his feet. That means all things under my feet. In him. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Says we're overcomers. Says that we're more than conquerors. Says that we can do all things through Christ. Amen. It says that we are loved. Amen. Praise God. So that, that's just a taste. Amen. Read Romans. Read Ephesians. When we know how God sees us and we know that that's how we're, we will, we will start to act in line with that. We'll start to make decisions based on who we are in Christ. Decisions where maybe you wouldn't have made them. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't settle for certain things or put up with certain things in your life if you knew who you were. Amen. So, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you that your word